Hey there, Friday Night Movie family. We have an amazing episode for you today with some incredible filmmakers. But first, Lily has huge, huge, huge Friday Night Movie news. To huge news, guys. Something you've all been waiting for. Here it is. Lily and Becky's official Instagram account where you can follow us. So when we say follow us at, we are now at FNM Sisters on Instagram. So follow us. And what and kind of content can people expect, Lil? Anything, you know, it could be anything. There's two of us. It took us 72 hours to open the account because the <laughs> password kept being wrong. And then we had to change, send it to each other back and forth. So we're two minds, very much alike, but very different. So you never know what you're going to get. Has but Becky, it starts off with a reel of our childhood photos. Has so. Becky posted anything yet? She posted the second post of food. That's amazing. That's very Becky. <laughs> so that's awesome. So it is of the two minds. I knew you had posted the first reel. Okay. Well, everyone, check out FNM Sisters and enjoy this super fun episode with Nuhashumayan and Ajaz Mehdi. And um, then uh, rate us. And then rate us only five stars. Where you yeah. the podcast? <laughs> you're just you're just really using this bumper. All right. Enjoy the show. Bye. Bye. to another episode of the Friday Night Movie Podcast. We have two incredible guests with us today. We have filmmakers Nuhash Humayan and Ejaz Mehdi, who I, everyone in our audience knows about them because we talk about them on a regular basis. This is part of the, the team behind the brilliant, brilliant short Moshari, which is available on Vimeo. We will have the link in the bio. And the other brilliant short, which is on Hulu, which is much, you guys just search it on your Hulu. It's called Foreigners Only. And these are the most incredible filmmakers. Uh, we first encountered them at South by Southwest, telling just great stories with so much depth. And there's some fun, there's some humor, there's deep cultural references, everything about what Nuhash and Ajaz are, are making is just amazing. Um, and so with that, I'm, I'm Becky and Lily, I'm going to skip asking you how you're doing. And, yes, that that's fine. and I just want to skip to Nuhash and Ajaz. Nuhash, how you doing, man? Uh, great, man. It's so, so good to be back. It hasn't been too long, but it feels like a lot has happened. So it's really awesome. I mean, the the ride you guys have been on since, so we talked right after South by Southwest, you won a jury prize there for Moshari. I was in the audience for it and the whole, like, you know, hundreds of people hit the ceiling while uh, while they were watching it. And now, and, and since then, it's just been nonstop awards all around the world. How, what's that like? Uh, it's it's just uh, so crazy. Um, I think we have like uh, 10 awards so far and three of them are Oscar qualifying awards. And that is just insane to me. <laughs> like, I can't believe so cool. it still weirds me out that a bunch of these juries sit down, they watch every short at a festival, all this like really nice dramas and all this other stuff. And then they pick this Bangladeshi horror short film and go, this one's winning the award. And it, it, it blows my mind that that has happened like 10 times because yeah, for me, it's just, it's just insane. <laughs> And, and you know, you, you 
it, you, we, it's, it's entered as a horror film, but really it has drama. It has humor. It has so much love. It has uh, international politics critique. So yes, horror is sort of the vessel, but you know, I think it stands there with all the other dramas. Okay. Ajaz, you are the cinematographer. The visuals in both of these movies are so striking. What's it been like, uh, you know, kind of bringing your 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 eye around the world these days? Um, thank you, thank you very much. Well, I mean, um, it's it's interesting because every time you know, even if uh, every time we sort of work on a project uh, that starting from Moshery and then uh, the 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 new project, it's uh, you know, whenever whenever I get a script from uh, Nuhash. I sort of uh, challenge myself to, uh, you know, immerse uh, into a, into the story and sort of find something that, um, well, hasn't been done before in a way because you know these two films. I don't think uh, there has been you know storytelling much around these concepts. So uh, yeah, it, it's 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 an interesting sort of way to challenge yourself. You know, finding. Um, you know, ideas or images or approach that, you know, that's just not there, you know, but it's a, it's an interesting exercise. That, that, that is, that is so, that is, that's very cool. And it's, it's very, I, I can't imagine being like that talented and then always trying to like one up yourself. That's wild. <laughs> and, and I guess I asked both of you, so is this the second film that foreigners only, which is the second film that we know of, is this the second collaboration or have you worked on other things together? Yeah, this is the second film we've worked together. The first yeah. one, was, yeah. The first one was Morshari, and then it's Foreigners Only. And I think um, the first time I saw Ajaz's work was on a music video. He's done some really awesome music videos in Bangladesh, and they're very stylized. And I was like, I just have to work with this guy, and we've been brainstorming projects for a while. I realized, like, uh, recently, um, ever since we released Morshari on Vimeo, I posted it on Reddit on, on all these, like, filmmaker groups, and I got all these questions about, like, the lighting and the cinematography. They're like, oh, my God, you're, you're a genius. How'd you do this and how do you do that? And I realized I don't have answers for any of those questions because <laughs> I understand nothing of the technicality of lenses or lighting. And I think Ajat is a genius, and so much of the visual style of these films comes just like from him. And I'm really glad that as a director, I just all I don't need to do anything. I just need to believe in uh people who, and surround myself with people who are more talented than me. I think that's all the director does, is like trust other people and their visions and try to bring it to something. So yeah, really proud of like what we pulled off, especially with foreigners only, because like this was the first time anything from Bangladesh has ever been on Hulu or any other American platform. Really. Wow. wow. Congratulations. So, Congratulations. Congratulations. That's so good. huge. Yeah, it's so guys. good. And I, I'm wondering, Jaz, do you, is horror what you typically, because, because Nuhash said that you, he knows your work from a music video. So was horror new to you or is it something you've always done because it the images are so striking and so terrifying but more than terrifying they really each frame really is pushing the story forward in addition to scaring the living daylights out of you and I have no idea how someone can even accomplish those two things at once um interesting question by the way guys uh there there is a, a call for prayer going on on the background so if it's disruptive uh i can come back with the answer in a bit no i, uh, I think that's i think it's fine 
you're okay, okay talking, we're we're okay listening, and it's not disruptive. It's part of the okay. part of the ambiance. Any one of Becky or Lily's kids are gonna have a call for mom in any moment, anyway. So screaming in the background momentarily. Yeah. Right. All right. Cool. So um, I've always been a fan of. How do I say this? Um, um, if I say just darkness, it just might sound very wrong. But I've, I've always been a fan of, um, you know, imagery that's that's just not, you know, like very bright and beautiful, you know, imagery that sort of evokes a mood. Um, I can I think it sort of goes back to uh, Flickr days. You know, there, there's a website where photographers used to, um, mm-hmm, used to right. very popular, you know, like Instagram yeah. like, wasn't even a thing. Um, so yeah, I, I remember spending hours and end on, you know, looking at photographs that sort of evokes feelings and, you know, sort of, uh, mood, um, in, in those images. So horror is probably, I would say it's, it's not something that I, you know, intended to, um, you know, make like a horror short film or anything, but, mm-hmm. um, I realized after reading the script of Moshri that, um, well, yeah, I'm well uh, sort of I'm well acquainted with uh, you know how these images might look like if this ever needed to be a short film or a film, and uh, you know sort of worked my way from there onward, and uh, you know shared a lot of ideas and you know references um, that you know did, I mean it didn't didn't end up working because again. We were making something or we were talking about an idea that um you know we haven't seen anything even remotely close uh visual wise for for uh, for the first shot for short film moshery so i think uh yeah what i would say is um the approach is uh, something that i somehow had um from inspiration from you know, people I used to follow, people I still follow, follow like photographers or filmmakers. Or, That's so cool. And uh, yeah, so, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm also very, very much keen and interested in, um, you know, working in drama, working in, uh, you know, like a right. horror film that is a coming of age or drama or just not horror. Um, yeah, just to explore that side as well, you know. So sorry, sorry, Ajaz, for constantly making you do horror films. No, well, honestly, I think yeah. that's the that's the beauty of Ajaz's work and how he approaches like my scripts because I don't think he's sort of a big horror fan, and I think he just reads the scripts as stories and how he interprets the feelings. And I love that he doesn't see them as horror films and go, okay, how do we make this scary? He's trying to bring this mood and the sensibility and how he feels about it and kind of treating it like, you know, just any great DP would um, when they read a script and not just boxing it in a genre. And I think, uh, I, I would say that's definitely what adds to the short film standing out so much. Wow, that that's I I that's so um it's so interesting to hear the way the partnership unfolds as you talk about it. like I sort mm-hmm. of getting into the 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 inner workings. So let's talk about foreigners only. I want to set this up for folks who ha- we 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 don't mind giving a little bit of spoilers to people because I really want to talk about the details and we've we've mm-hmm. we've plugged foreigners only a bunch of times on the show already. Um, foreigners only. Uh, if I could describe it, I'd to give my description. It's about a, a guy who is working hard and trying to 
elevate his station in society. Uh, he's he's worked hard. He's earned money. But because of deep rooted biases that I, I suspect are, are, I mean, are, are are very much rooted in the history of colonialism, he's treated lesser than in his society than quote unquote foreigners than the British or 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 white foreigners from other countries. And it takes a very dark, gory, but darkly funny turn. And so this movie, there's so much tension, there's so much tension, there's so much tension. And you and at a certain point you realize where it's going. But then it also makes you like laugh really hard when when you get to the end. I don't know how to is, is that is that what you hope to see people have the experience of? Did, did I get it right? I think I think you nailed it. Um, I think uh, a big part of it was like, okay, I know how to build tension. I feel confident in building like tension and fear. But what if you think it's going towards a scare, but the film takes a different turn in the end and it kind of the tension dissolves and it's more of a laugh. It kind of goes for like a darkly satirical um, ending. So yeah, that was really fun and kind of also... It, it's yeah it's a weird thing to build up all this tension and you know it's for nothing you almost because you're you're gonna get rid of it almost instantly but yeah that was a really fun <laughs> exercise. I, I gotta ask you also well okay so we talked about cinematography there are so many great shots like when the main character appears over the shoulder of the um of the british guy uh right where, where you know you know the british guy's gonna leave this establishment and this other guy's going to get him. And, and so you know it's coming, but at the same time, you see like the light flicker and, and he appears. I love, right, I, I'm remembering it correctly, right, Beck? I think so. I was still terrified at this point. So That's like, the, I'm not the best. It. We watched it in <laughs> the Becky and I watch of, movies like this, um, <laughs> which is our mostly eyes covered. It was almost like gra as... graphic graphic novel-esque. The look on his face, the, the uh, could you tell us a little bit about that shot? Either of you, I don't know who to ask. Um, so um, I can start. Um, so basically, that was really inspired by, um, I don't know if you guys have this here, but in South Asia, the fairness creams are a big thing. Um, so we have like all these like billboards and advertisements for fairness creams that basically make you, literally they make you fairer. Um, right. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think they get to market this very blatantly because of the colonial hangover in South Asia, because of the British rule, right. all of that, you know, the, the idea of fairness and white skin is sort of fetishized. So we have a lot of imagery of these fairness cream ads like throughout the film um, that kind of just adds another layer to the story of this, this, this Bangladeshi guy, this brown dude who just feels like uh, he's constantly sort of, um, yeah, he feels like a third class citizen in his own country uh, because of these foreigners. And I think, um, yeah, the idea behind that shot is something that I had very early on, which is um, you have the foreigner standing and you have the main character, Hassan, kind of creep out behind him. But right behind them is this giant billboard that's showing this like extreme uh, hat where there's like literally like this uh, very pretty girl slowly, like the shades of her skin is getting like uh, wider and wider, like advertising the yeah. screen, and you're mirroring that in the background with the foreground with this uh, white guy and the brown guy coming out from right behind him about to sort of do something terrible and twisted. So that was an idea I had very early on and shared with Ajaz and he just kind of instantly um, knew how to bring it to life. 
see, I'm glad I asked because there's so there's so many layers going on there. That's incredible. <laughs> okay, the other thing I want to talk about, particular, both movies have this, um, but. Uh, the in foreigners only Becky and I were listening on headphones, right? So we're in this airport listening to headphones. The sound design in foreigners only is incredible. It's so intense. It's so intense. It's like, it, it's so, I, I mean, in both films, first of all, in both films, it's the sound design is off the charts, but in foreigners only, I mean, the sound of the scratching, the sound of the flies or the bugs, like it, it makes you want to scratch yourself the way that the main character is scratching at his skin. I don't know. I don't know that there's a question there other than highly yeah, effective. Sort of good job. Like, I want to more say it about reaction. Highly effective. Good job. Is your question? question. Yeah. Watch this movie. Make sure you have the sound on loud. I said that for Moshari also. I was giving. I gave Moshari, it to like last night to someone. I said, you have to watch this and watch it loud. But thank you so much for saying that. We're so specific about the sound design. They're both uh, done by uh, the same kid, Yemen. Uh, he's based in Singapore. I met him at this film program that I did in South Korea. And he just like understands the tone of, of the work that we're doing so well. It's funny because like his day job is doing the sound design for sitcoms. Like they're so <laughs> so when, when, he's working, when he's working on my horror stuff, that's when he gets to have his inner darkness come out. But and, and by day he's like it's like laugh tracks and sitcoms is what he's doing and getting sick of them. And you know, it's funny that you said that um, you know, the the scratching in the film evokes that because uh, the main character played by Mustafa Monar, he's a really great uh, character actor in Bangladesh. And he like, like I kept telling him, dude, you don't have to actually like do the scratching thing because that's going to be scary and harmful. But he just really went for it. And he'd come, <laughs> back from, he'd come back from the shoots and he'd be covered in these scratch marks and his wife would be terrified. Like, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> what is what is happening? And it's funny because it our it. editor... It was so worth it because our editor as well, he he kept telling me that he couldn't sleep after editing the film. He felt like he got the oh itch as well. So yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm perversely like really enjoying the well, kind of very successful. Well, okay. That's a that that's that 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 so that is fantastic. Nuhash Ijaz. It's so incredible to talk to you about your work. We also know like you're fans of of other stuff and and because you're such lovers of of movies and things and and tv and everything like we want to talk to you about other favorite stuff if that's okay um because hey you're just awesome people to talk about movies and television with but also to get your thoughts and one show that has really been on our minds lately because lily just finished it i'm going to turn it over to lily in a second that also has incredible sound design incredible cinematography um, is Severance. And Nuhash, I know you just finished watching it, right? Just finished it. So goddamn good. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't wait to talk about it with you guys. All right, Lily, take... Third, third episode currently, okay. so... Oh, no. Oh, oh. Wait a oh bit. no. But I think... But... I'm to watch it for a while, but... Uh, okay, yeah, so I no spoilers, think... correct? <laughs> um, I can, no. I can handle it, I guess. I mean, since you mm. guys are... Well, I, I guess I there's not that many spoilers. Around. Actually, it's hard to it's talk. hard to explain what's going on. So I think you can actually yeah, talk I think around could, the spoilers. Yeah, I think we could talk around, but but I think in terms of yeah, okay, we'll talk around it. But really, take um, it. okay. So I'm 
let's like segue from music to music. I, and I think in the first three episodes, this really comes through that I want to like, I'm curious what you guys think about the sound design and, and the music of the show, because as my husband said, if you were to put this show on mute, it just looks like a lot of walking and acting, like acting walking. They're just people <laughs> walking while they act. And it's like not much happens. But then you hear the music and you're like super stressed. It's very stressful. And I'm, I, I, you know, it's not that often I think that you see like in your guys' work, how music completely shifts what you're seeing on screen like this. And I'm curious what you guys think about that. Yeah, uh, I think the music is brilliant. I think the the um, the title sequence uh, that starts mm -hmm. with this episode it's uh, it's better than like most TV I've watched like ever. It's it's so <laughs> interesting, mm -hmm. and I think the more you watch it, um, just especially since you're only on the third episode, I think it makes more sense as you uh, come to right. the ending. And it's one of those things. And um, other than the music, the other thing that I love is just like Adam Scott, the acting is just so incredible right. and layered. And what it like really, I think what I picked up on thematically that I really connected with um, is just the idea of, you know, like work-life separation, just like, you know, when you don't have that, when your like job becomes your life, um, how terrible is that? Or if the other way around, which is, when you can't separate both. Um, and so either way, it's like really messed up. Uh, and it's something that affects our lives as, you know, society becomes so like, you know, the capitalism and all that. And I felt like that is something that really comes through. And I always love when something's like kind of sci-fi or kind of has a high concept, but there's something really weirdly relatable about these people and um, this whole idea of severance. Yeah, for sure. Ajaz, do you want to add anything? Well, no, I mean, uh, since I'm just uh, not probably even the halfway of it. Um, yeah, the title sequence definitely, you know, it's it's pretty unsettling. It's, it starts to get unsettling um, at the end. And uh, I think for, for me, you know, honestly, like uh, it's been like this for a while that I sort of if 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 I'm biased, then it's different. But if if I'm not if I'm unbiased on on a on a new TV show, I'll just give it a chance. Maybe uh, I would watch the first or second episode. If it flies, you know, like it's I'm I'm gonna watch it through. But if it doesn't, then I'm, I start having second thoughts. But for this one, um, I think it took about I guess uh, twenty minutes to sort of realize that well, that I'm gonna watch the whole series. Oh, that I mean, that's for me, great because for me, it took six episodes. It, <laughs> but I loved and it. I and I loved me, it from the first episode. I and for so me, I'm glad that Shai said stick with it because mm -hmm. at like around episode four, I think I was like, oh my god, I can't stop watching. I don't know. This. I was enthralled from the first episode. I was hooked. A lot and it's of walking was, in the first three episodes, but it was so different from anything else that's out there. And when something is made so methodically, right? It's well, it's like very paced. It's very methodical. It's very, like you can tell in the production design, everything has a reason. Everything's very particular. I'm, I'm much more engaged because I, I'm, I trust that there's going to be a payoff. When you come in with such a high production value and such attention to detail, um, and you're and high confidence yeah. in Ben Stiller as a charge. Yeah. Story. I have high, I mean, high confidence in Ben Stiller, high confidence in, in the, in the actors that are in it. Right. 
but I people think, are in I it think, that I, yeah. I'm, I'm very invested from the beginning because I want to know what the, I was a bit know, worried that like, is. it's going to be a situation that we're maybe that payoff wouldn't be as big or that it'd be something very subtle. And then it was a, 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 a bit of a 2001 space Odyssey, Odyssey like situation. Like going to be a star baby of- Right at the end down the hallway. Yeah. And I was just going to be annoyed and I wasn't going to, like they were all, yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's something like that. And then, but I think your point is great, Beck, because the, the production's design definitely sucked me in. That was a thing that got me really hooked, like the nature of the computers and what everybody's wearing and why is it like the 1970s inside the office, but it's clearly present day outside. And all these things kept like sticking in my brain. And there's a tremendous amount of detail in the show. The melon party. I don't know if you got there yet to the melon party. Um, jazz where they no, give he's, he hasn't he definitely hasn't gotten to the music dance experience no he has, has that's to episode be seven. one of that is hailed and I don't know if Nuhash agrees that is hailed to be the best scene in television this entire year so that is so good and can we just like talk about Ben Stiller because his attention yes. to his directing is so good I honestly like I, I was just watching it and I was thinking this is the guy that made Tropic Thunder and I'm just so and reality bites. Reality bites. Any yeah. reality bites. Yeah, he, he does some incredible work. Um, so it's no surprise, but it's, this it's is Zoolander. Funny. This yeah. is Zoolander. I know that's really where the target. I always love seeing like directors or actors making like big leaps like that in in genres or in spaces and becoming really confident. I honestly think like he's so underrated. Like I th- I think he mm-hmm. has like same level of attention to detail of say someone like Jordan Peele. Like even the fact that. The the um mm-hmm. the keyboards that they use in the office they don't have escape uh, buttons apparently because you can't escape. Oh wow so, wow like, yeah I started That's reading amazing. once you start reading about like the theories and what all, what everybody's saying about it it kind of blows your mind even more about like it makes you want to go back and watch it because it's I feel like it's endless the amount of details that they must have put and I and I'm sure it was a collaboration right the way you guys collaborate. I imagine it's not only Ben Stiller, but the team that he had or that he chose to work on this is beyond like, it's just excellent bringing this to life. If I read the script, I would not understand how to even explain it to someone, let alone put this on the screen because it's just layer after layer of mystery. I mean, don't get too excited, Jazz, because until the end of the last episode, nobody really understands what's happening. <laughs> so it doesn't get much better. Just layers of mystery are revealed. Yet you're very engaged, you know, the the entire time, which is, which is pretty cool. Okay, so I had some questions, um, but I don't. Okay, I might have to like rework them because I don't want to ruin anything. Well, I, um, I think you say some of these words; they're not going to ruin anything for a job. It's just okay. not going to mean so anything. Just, did you guys? Or G, you, it doesn't okay. mean anything. <laughs> okay, fine. Fine. I, yeah, I wrote down waffle party orgy, but <laughs> that won't mean anything to you quite yet. Um, I, I do want to know if you have any theories, Ajazu hasn't watched it all, Nuhash that has, is there anything that like is bugging you? They're like, oh, I bet you this is what, cause still at the end of the, nobody knows what MDR is, what they are actually doing. It's not solved by the end of the show, um, or the end of season one. So I had some questions, you know, um, what is, what are they actually doing? Are they really doing anything? Um, 
what is I mean I, I don't want to ruin stuff but oh like um, maybe they're uh, not doing anything it's just an experiment Helly, right at the beginning Helly's right Helly says you're this is clearly not real they just have you doing this made-up bullshit because right? it's an like, experiment on creating innies versus outies like on, on right exactly people. you're not actually doing anything and these stupid prizes don't mean anything and finishing the quarter doesn't mean anything or are they killing baby goats as someone else says during <laughs> the show Every time they click a button, a baby goat dies. That's what they said. So I was wondering if you guys have any theories about what they're actually doing in the severance department. Um, Well, I want to hear from Ajaz because, like, he hasn't seen enough. So I'm, like, really curious as to how he sees it. Like, do you have any ideas going around in your head about what they're actually doing with the the software in the office? No, I mean, not directly. I mean, I, I didn't... Um, so, I mean, I didn't find enough time to sort of, uh, uh, you know, reflect on that, but, uh, I think after the first episode, uh, you know, I've been thinking that, um, you know, uh, maybe a bit of an inspiration was drawn from this, uh, tech, uh, Neuralink, um, is, Ooh, is tell us. does that have anything to do with it? I mean, if, if that becomes a norm, I mean, does that sort of allow you to, um, separate yourself from, you know, separate your workplace from your family time somehow. Because it's sort of, uh, you know, designed to uh, control, um, you know, your uh, your brain in a way. I mean, to the least of it, at least. But um, that's what I've been thinking after the first episode. But uh, I think I need to um, watch uh, the rest of this show to. What, what is the Neuralink? I don't know what that is. I think it's one of the startups from uh, Elon Musk. Uh, so oh, fantastic. <laughs> they, they <land> <laughs> oh, well. inside your head and then you can control um for starters you can control um you know devices uh, smart devices uh with your brain um right. just the surface of it i guess but uh yeah it's it's still in uh, funding well is there anything appealing to any of you guys about being severed like wow. Nash was saying, the idea of that it's so difficult for us in today to separate ourselves from our jobs and all that, and especially in capitalist societies. So is, is was there any point when you were watching or any you at the beginning, Ajaz at the beginning, is there anything that's like, well, maybe this isn't so bad? Can I tell you why? No, it's not because I don't. It's because as a parent... Well, that's kind of get the idea. That, that I would be like the, like the fear that like I would be sever this i actually kept talking about this with my husband while we were watching it i'm like but what if one of the kids got sick at school or what if like they needed well, me both to of you couldn't up? be like, severed obviously right like I, how could i be severed and then not be able to so it's like on a very practical level it doesn't work for me so i'm just that's the way my brain was working so no it's not but and then for the any what a torturous existence like i love the details they get into of um, the advice they give Helly of, you know, enjoy, enjoy the benefits of sleep without having to experience it because essentially innies, they just are always blink awake. and they're back at work. They're always awake and they're always at work. They're just in new clothes, maybe feeling refreshed, maybe feeling to, whatever it is that they don't, because they never leave work. It, it, I don't know. It's too trippy. It's too trippy. So the that the idea of that existence just seems like torturous. You never see daylight. You never sleep. You never get I, I, out of your bra. I'll just add. I'll just add that it's. 
I think it's also the taking of work-life balance to the extraordinary extreme in that like people talk about work-life balance, but part of it is balancing it within yourself, not severing yourself one from the other. As a result also means that you have to maybe, or you maybe you, you should, if you're lucky, you're able to like your work, right? And, and not have it ruin your life in your spare time. I mean, what I find interesting too, and I, I'm curious what you guys think is that um, it becomes obvious, I think pretty quickly by episode three, you learn that Mark is there, Adam Scott is there because of a tragedy in his life, right? I'm not ruining that. That doesn't, mm-hmm. I mean, his wife uh, died, that's, right? That's right away. Right, that's right away. And so he, so then all of a sudden it made me think, well, we don't know everybody else's backstory, but of course this is only for people who are managing grief and this is the perfect thing for them. So it's not good for Becky, a parent, right? But it's perfect for Mark and he can go and not feel that grief for eight hours a day. And his hair even changes. The going up and down of the elevator is so beautifully done. His hair changes, his face changes, his whole demeanor because he's not living with that grief constantly. And that is like a whole other thing because obviously that's not, you know, a way to heal completely is to cut yourself off or is it, I don't know. Who am I to say? I, I just thought that those, I was like, well, everybody in here must be victims of tragedy. Yeah. I just think that the idea of, you know, like for eight hours, you're not yourself and you're going to work more and you remember none of it as an Audi that kind of sounds like a decent deal, right? Where where you're right. kind of out right. doing work, flipping it. Right. flipping it, right? But then as as the show progresses, you see the other side of it. You see what it's like to be an innie, where it's just perpetual day. You're perpetually living in the office, and you have no existence outside of it. And how it's literally it's living hell, as uh, some of the characters like refer to it, it like hell. And you know, even if you look at the structure, I think it's almost kind of mirrored um i think like hell the and yeah the basements that's such an the inspiration basement. and right. i think the other thing that um what i realized i think thematically you know even if we don't know what all the mysteries mean what the melon party is or what any of this stuff is just the idea of when you um when you separate your work life um and your boss or your office has complete control over like the office version of you it instantly becomes a version of slavery. And I think that's a really interesting relation the the story has where these innies are slaves. They have no control, they have no lives and they have to, you know, it's like, oh, enjoy the little things like this party or this little gift that you're getting. And it says so much about office culture today, even if you're like, whether you're working at a fancy tech startup or like a very simple office, you know, they always have these things like, oh, we're a family incentives. Yeah, all these like the little incentives, incentives, right? And and how meaningless it all is. I think it's such a beautiful way of letting like ordinary audiences know, hey, the thing you're trapped in, the job you're trapped in that kind of tries to tell you we're all a family and it's okay to overwork yourself, it's not. So it's using oh. like this weird absurdism to tell you a truth about like how absurd our capitalist lives are. It's- a hundred percent. I completely, yeah. completely and, agree. And as you're saying that, I'm cycling through all of the, jobs all of the. Had. Well, I've had a lot of jobs, but I'm like the office rewards. <laughs> I've had a lot of jobs. It's better. It's the better. I work for myself at this point. Um, the the finger things. You mean like the all the that they have? 
No, there was, I worked in one at a, at one went in working in production and you're, it's mandatory to work 12 hours. Like your day is a 12 hour day in this office. Um, that's just the standard. And they would, they would do like these things that they called ergo breaks, like ergonomic breaks where they bring you tacos or beer, but like, I'm like, but I'd rather just go home a half hour early. Like, why are you forcing me to stand in this room and eat tacos? And other people? And I'm like, I just want to go home. That's wild. Exactly right, like, like that. And then, like, and then, we got, and then I, guacamole. I right, exactly. And I think we, you know, touching on the, like the idea of slavery is, you know, and, and sort of the, this higher power that watches them or that controls them. This is later in the season, but it doesn't ruin anything when they realize, but there's not just the fear that they are being watched or that the fear of their, of, of somebody like in a prison, right. It's like like the theory, Mm -hmm. I think it's Foucault's theory, right. That if, as long as you have the tower, the watchtower and they see a guard in the tower, if you take the guard out and send the guard home, just having the tower there is enough that the people will behave because they know that they can get shot by the guard at any moment, but there's no guard in the tower anymore. And so this idea of that, like, how many people really work at this company in charge of them? And of them, just the fear that it exists um, is very powerful in that whole concept of what what we actually think is controlling us. Is it actually real in our lives? Or is it just something we've been Oh, now I'm more terrified about this show than I was before. (laughs) Here I was thinking it was just more about work-life balance. Okay, so <laughs> I have two, two, two quick questions. All right, more, more fun questions. Does anybody and Jazz, you're at the beginning, but I think you can still answer. MVP, LVP, MIP, which is the most valuable player of this season, the least valuable player, and most improved player. And I feel like the first three episodes, you might really be able to get into this as well because people do shift slowly in the show. I don't know. Chai, you're oh. up. Go. Oh, I'll go. I mean, my, I'll just say my, my, my significant one here is the most improved one is Dylan. Dylan's the, the guy who likes all the prizes. I think his arc, oh. most interesting arc in the whole, the most interesting and unexpected See? arc in the whole show. And when he starts to change, I won't say how he changes, but when he starts to change, that is also when I started kicking into gear in my in really 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 loving the show you see i'm gonna slightly disagree and say the most improved is the john Turturro character is that irving irving mm-hmm. irving is the most irving is by far the most improved where he starts and where he ends is so it's so earned it is so earned and and it's so radical the transformation and what you find out about him and so for me i would say the stakes of the show got raised even more as his character changed and you're and you know what he's fighting for uh i agree i don't disagree with you about dylan but i'm gonna put irving as my most improved all right new hash jazz mm, i'd let this pass i guess i mean uh, i'm still, <laughs> I'm still <laughs> you, know, but you could character. do your most valuable i'm curious that three episodes in who's your most valuable and who least you think valuable. Is, yeah because I probably would have put Dylan as my least valuable in episode Probably at the beginning. Oh, I'm, I'm falling Irving. Yeah, I'm falling Irving. Irving. Um, But, uh, you know, I, I feel like this show has uh, surprises afterwards. So I'm just not going to, you know. Uh, Invest. Know, yeah. Invest, yeah. In, so in anybody just yet. 
Yeah. And Nuhaj, what do you, who do you? Well, um, I, so I think the, the least interesting character for me is the office best friend. Um, Petey? Uh, Petey, yes, Petey. Petey. I think, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't yeah. know what he's really him. added in the beginning. And I forgot, um, he's not even in my notes. So I forgot about him too. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. So I'm not going to spoil anything, but um, yeah, like what they do with him later is interesting. But in the first couple of episodes, I wasn't really feeling his vibes. I, I didn't really know what he was bringing to the table. But uh, a character I really fell in love with is the the brother-in-law mark's brother-in-law I, he's I, my I he's my most uh, improved rickin 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 me so too good. he's 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 my most improved i love him he's such a goofball um and then what they do with this character is so interesting and again i don't want to spoil it for jazz but um the idea that this complete goofball kind of character who has all these really mundane things to say about life. <laughs> how, like if like you're very obvious that, things. Very obvious things that some of them don't make no sense at all. Right. Um, it, I, it's so funny that if you're stuck in this shithole job in an office that's going on forever, sometimes the most mundane platitudes ever can feel profound. And I think, again, this says a lot about sort of, um, you know, yeah. motivational gurus and sort of things mm-hmm. that things that people totally. are obsessed over, social media or whatever. Like, if you look at any influencer on YouTube or whatever, it's kind of the same thing. Everyone's kind of saying the same thing, but it kind of works because we're so fed up with our lives that we kind of need platitudes. So again, right. I think there's like a much... Like it, it says something beautiful about like the world today. And I just love that so much. Another interesting, really random character I'm going to point out. This is in the last episode, but it's not a spoiler. So I'm okay with revealing it. Um, So something happens to uh, a baby in the final episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So something happens to a baby and a baby's in trouble. And then in one moment, this baby is not in trouble anymore. And there's a random house guest, like a, a character. Oh my God, I'm so glad you brought this up. Right? I'm so <laughs> glad you brought this up. I'm not the Go only ahead. one. Okay, so there was this random house guest who finds the baby safe and yeah. goes, It's me. I'm the one who found the baby. It's me. I'm the you're, one who found it. It's, you're 100% right. Wait, I don't yes. remember this moment. Oh, so, yeah. So, credit, so something, right? what? they want the credit is that the he wants credit. yeah but previously in that episode this random side character who we've never seen who's a guest at this party it, he kind of inserts himself in some conversation or he's very he does other things at the party new hash i don't know if you, you noticed those things like he's but he's needy like, yeah well he's like oh you know okay so well we are going to start in a few minutes or with, he's just very sort of i don't i don't know how to say it just like too much he's a little bit too much or too thirsty as this house guest or this party guest and then in this scene he they actually the baby's fine and safe and he runs out saying like it has to yeah everybody he wants everybody to know that it was him that found the baby so i mean or is it that he wants rickon to know or everyone at the party to know and it's just a detail that is yeah, it's, a, it's a detail because it's like a very understated moment i don't think they mm-hmm. like 
accentuated or highlighted. He doesn't like repeat it like seven times, but it's just something he says. And um, it's a quick. And you see similar characters like this in the. Well, I think it's the first episode as well when they go to that dinner. That's not a dinner where no one has dinner. It's one of the oh best scenes God, I've ever seen. So that so it's the, the character is Patton, and it's Donald Donald Weber Jr. who just has this one moment in one episode that I definitely picked up on. But yes, it's also that I would say that that first episode, while it really is very confusing and I had a hard time getting into it, that I thought about that dinner scene probably more than any other scene besides the epic dance you, scene. You have brought seven. it up. You yeah, the dinner, the no, the no dinner. The, the no food dinner party. And the okay. best is when the sister after goes, I will pay you $3,000 to forgive me for making you go to that dinner. <laughs> and I was like, I like this character. We've had, a, we've had a few. We've had a few. He's very likable. Conversations like that. All right, Sean, All right. I'm turning it back to you. I'm turning it back to me. Okay. So now we are going to, it's, I mean, time goes so fast with you all. This is, but this is, I mean, this is the part that I really am most excited for because this is our shout outs and our recs, our recommendations. And I'll, I'll give Nuhash and Ijaz a moment to, to get yours ready, but we want to know what you're watching, what you recommend, are there cool movies? Other than, of course, at the top, I'll just start us off by saying that, um, Moshari and Foreigners Only are our top recommendations right now. We love it. Moshari is an official buy as far as Friday Night Movie is concerned. And you can watch um, it on Vimeo. And you can watch it on Vimeo. Link will be in the episode. Um, and speaking of official buys, this is actually a question I have for my sisters. With the announcement that Henry Cavill is not going to be in the finals, not, are we going to withdraw? Are we doing a group? Are we doing a group? Is this no, a group we, therapy can, session? we can still buy the first two seasons, but we can't buy the series as a whole. Until it's done. I'll give it a chance. Okay. No, I'm not giving the it a chance. The only way I could see no, it working they betrayed they my the trust. actor is if they say that that last season takes place when he's like 12 or something. And the whole season takes place in a flashback. There's like a multiverse and there's multiple versions of him. So you're saying it's Toby Maguire as the as the Witcher. Okay. Honestly, I'd be better with that. I, I'm I don't so know. I'm so pissed. Okay. I'm so upset. How is this even allowed? Okay, so all right, I know where you stand on that. Um, the other thing is, so I have made a if commitment. If you guys haven't seen The Witcher, I would have recommended it, but now that they switched out the main character for a child, I can't support it. Oh, it's too bad. Okay. Great show. Well, I, I will say this: I am starting to commit to reading more. This is the thing that I'm doing. I'm saying it out loud. Now, I'm going to be reading graphic novels and comics, but it's been really nice. Baltimore Comic Con was inspiring. I'm particularly seized with the stories coming out of AWA Studios, who we got to interview when we were there. People should check out that interview. Um, uh, I just think they're doing some awesome storytelling in the in the vein of the old DC Vertigo comics. Uh, anyways, I, I read the first half of the Marjorie Finnegan temporal criminal. She's like a, a time travel criminal is the best way to describe it. But the point is, is that I always read a comic or something and I imagine like what the movie version would be. And this movie, this story, which two sisters are the main characters, I really want to see like Samara Weaving play both characters or Margot Robbie, Samara Weaving team up to play oh, both characters. So much 
Yeah, which would be really cool. Should they make it? And it's and look, this is written by Garth Ennis, the guy who created the boys, created by Garth Ennis. So it's like it's not far off that something like this could get a show or a movie. Um, other than that, Baltimore Comic Con was a blast. And then the most important film to come out this year has finally come out. <laughs> I, I don't think they would agree. I, mean, I don't know. I would bet. Maybe. Um, weird, the Al Yankovic story, the movie by uh, directed by Eric Appel, written with Weird Al, which is a parody of a parody of a parody. It is uh, based on a short skit that they did on Funny or Die. They stretch it onto a whole movie, but it's also a parody of all rock and roll biography movies. We watched it with our kids on Friday night, and we had a blast. There's a reason why that movie is like Moshari, following in Moshari's footsteps, winning uh, awards at all the major festivals. And uh, it is, it's it's like, it feels at times like the Sgt. Pepper cover of music, history, and inside jokes, because there's so much on the screen happening in any given moment. We had a blast. Uh, and Daniel Radcliffe was absolutely amazing and completely committed to the role as Weird Al, and I, my kids have requested that we do an episode on the on the movie. So chop chop, Becky and Lily. I really watched it. I watched oh. it last night. Oh, what'd you think? Well, I was cackling the whole way through. I loved it. I I would like to go back and rewatch certain scenes to get all of those layered jokes. You want to watch um, it? I watched. Yeah, I want. I need to watch it with you so you can explain stuff to me. But we, but we loved it. Um, I watched it with my very Russian in-laws and my father-in-law, we explained the premise and he was like, okay, I got it. And he was laughing. My mother-in-law then turned around, she goes, so this is a true story. And we were like, okay, I think, I think we might've, I think we might've missed a few beats in there. So, um, so there, there was some confusion, you know, um, I would, I would say if you're not familiar with Weird, with Weird Al, you might have to really prime people before before mm-hmm. seeing it, or it's going to be very strange. <laughs> but uh, so many comic legends are in it. I mean, it's it's awesome. All right, what, what, what you about get the you get the feeling? Sorry, you get the feeling that all of these people are in the movie because they're like, wait, I can if I come to your set, I can hang out with Weird Al for a day. I'm in, and then like every comedian is in it. <laughs> um, Beck, what else do you recommend? Um, I've been watching Letter Kenny a lot lately, and I've been enjoying that. Something we've talked about a lot on the show, um, especially since you're in so, Canada. Especially since I'm in Canada, and uh, yeah, and I watched the Weird Al movie. I can't really think of what else. No. I'm in- All right, Lily will be our finale. I want to go back sure. to uh, New Hush. Yeah. What, what, what do you recommend? Okay, so um, right now I'm watching Rami. On that, on oh, cool. And that is such a good show. Um, mm-hmm. I can't believe I never saw this before. And Mo's really good on Netflix as well. And mm-hmm. I just, it's so weirdly relatable for me um, because um, the characters, uh, Rami's character, is this Muslim, uh, American, Egyptian, uh, like navigating life and religion and growing up Muslim. It's so interesting to see that representation. And it's kind of like very, I would say um, unapologetic. For instance, like um, I don't know um, how you guys feel about um, seeing yourselves represented on screen, but for me, um, when I see like sort of South Asian characters, oftentimes they're very, for lack of a better word, um, sanitized on screen. Like I don't know what it is, but whenever there's like a brown dude, 
uh, or like an Indian guy, a Pakistani guy, or Bangladeshi guy, which we never see, they're always like really funny or quirky or like, ooh, look, it's the fun guy. It's like there's this like specific tone that it always has. Um, and I, I think know, as Jews, I think as Jews, we we've had more representation on screen, but there is definitely for us, we have the like neurotic funny Jew that's always worrying about his asthma and his, you know, right. IBS. Yeah. Right. You know? yeah. Yeah. Woody Allen mm-hmm. has done us no favors. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely probably more representation for Jews, but for South Asians, it's like kind of new and everyone's like, everyone's doing it as like kind of yeah. uh, mm. trying to make sure it's safe. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, as a Muslim, it's interesting to see the representation there where they're not shying away from it being dark at times. Like Rami is a very flawed character in the show. He's, you know, he's trouble with his faith. He doesn't know if he should be doing alcohol and sex and all these things that are sort of uh, prohibited. And he's like really um, toying with these moral dilemmas that aren't like life or death. There's like the stakes are like pretty low. He's just like a normal dude living life. But they're like moral dilemmas that, you know, we as Muslims deal with all the time. They're like micro problems that kind of become really big for us and tie into our culture and our family. So it's really interesting to see that um, really culturally specific, but still like really funny and really enjoyable and really successful. It's on his third season on Hulu. So really, and really he, won, he won best actor. Yeah. At, for It was in an Emmy or Golden Globe, or I don't remember which one, but um, it's great that the show was recognized and he's been recognized. Yeah. He won the Golden Globe. He won the Golden Globe. The Golden Globe. Nominated for a bunch of Emmys. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. Oh, I got to watch that. That sounds amazing. All right, Jazz. how about you? Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been uh, recently trying to find a few um, series to watch. So I... Uh, Severance, I, I recommend Severance. Yeah, <laughs> of course, of course, I need to finish. Uh, and thank you guys for being so thoughtful with uh, the discussion. Okay. And no uh, so I recently um, watched The Outsider. It's a st- uh, Stephen King novel sort of t- turned into... Uh, a limited series, I, I think. Oh wow! Yeah, it's it's an incredible show. Nice. Yeah. Um, something else that I've recently watched as well is uh, Mayor of East Town. It's a detective. I, that I yeah. just finished it. Yeah, it's amazing. It's incredible. I, I just I, finished I, it. Like I love the show. Wow. And also, yeah. there's another um, Korean film that I watched um, just a few days ago. It's called uh, Decision to Leave. Um, I think, um, yeah, I, I, I would re- recommend checking the film out. It's a story between a suspect and a detective. Um, they start falling in love, you know, apparently. So, um, yeah, very interesting storytelling, very complex sort of um, oh. pacing. And, uh, yeah, the, it's, it's a very nonlinear sort of uh, storytelling. And it's, uh, I haven't seen anything done like this before. So I, I really enjoyed it. Oh, those are great recommendations. Jeez. Awesome. Uh, all right, Lily, take us um, off. You know what I want to hear about. So, so, um, the show that I've been watching lately, I think they have like a theme that runs through them and severance is definitely connected to this. Um, there's a cult like aspect to them and I finished severance and immediately started watching the vow on HBO which is a serious commitment because there are, what is it? There's two seasons and they each have how many episodes? One, the I don't first know. one has nine episodes. Nine? I don't know how many the second season has. I'm on the second season 15, and I'm total. two episodes in. 
And it is about this cult um, from uh, like recently. Albany, New York. Albany, Albany, New York. And by the way, my wife who grew up in Albany always says, how did anyone join a cult? Because she said, that's based in Albany, because she always says, if someone was selling me salvation and they (laughs) based in Albany, that would be my first sign that it wasn't the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that it was for sign to run yeah. um but it's pretty wild uh, uh you know and and you had met i think it was new hush that mentioned the idea of a guru before and like right like getting kind of swept up in you know this idea of of or like an influencer or something like that and this is very real and this affected very many real people um and the the amount of footage they have is wild but it also just shows you the layers of this thing and it's pretty massive this 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 organization and and the damage that they did um so the crazier thing is that up until today, Shai and I were watching it on opposite sides of the Atlantic Ocean simultaneously. So he'd watch like a few, like he'd watch Texting part of an episode. Each other every then, time we'd see some, like, can you believe? Like, can you believe this just happened? And so it was like we were watching it together. And I have to say, we made it almost to eight episodes that way. That is a lot. But then Shai ended up, you know, surpassing me. So. Um, if you're interested in cults, it is fascinating. I, I, and, I'll say this. Yeah. It starts at the beginning. You watch that first episode and you're like, oh, this seems like a lovely group. I have to say the first few episodes I was checking show, I was like, I don't see where this could go wrong. This sounds wonderful. I feel like this place <laughs> it goes I was like, really can wrong. we sign up? <laughs> That's how they get you. That's Seriously, how they get you. Though, they really do. Um, and then um, Under the Banner of Heaven, which Shy recommended. That's also on Hulu. Yeah. More yeah. cults. Well, Which I guess is, it's, well, it's, it's yeah, it's LDS. It's the Mormon. But it's well, like the extremist group within an LDS. It's, 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 the it's like an LDS that's it's a very like a extremist right. group. So again, it, yeah. there's like a thread there. Um and Americans love cult shows. I mean, it's but this like, is based on a true story. The the LDS yeah, the the now is a documentary, and then they just love cults. I don't know about the shows, but they definitely love cults because um, this is based on a true story. And Adam uh, Andrew Garfield plays the detective, and just wow, it's yeah, it's very intense and really well done. And then um, three thousand years of longing, which I watched yesterday. Has anybody else seen it? Yes. Can, yeah. can I hear your two seconds on your thoughts? I don't know any, you know, I would love to just hear what you guys think of it for a sec. I think it's been made, uh, it could have been a much more sort of personal story. I mean, the, with the storytelling, uh, but it ended up looking very commercial, very uh, polished, you know, so mixed feelings. I, mixed feelings. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nuhash, any um yeah i i i love the trailers and i think it was like i think it was maybe weirdly marketed it was marketed as a very different film from the one that it turned out to be so watching Absolutely. it was a weird experience going like oh okay this isn't that movie it's something new you had to but, like readjust right when yeah you were watching there's a readjustment yeah. i think i'll need mm-hmm. like a second viewing to really have an honest take on it but it's right. very experimental it's definitely not for everyone i loved all the threads that it had i wish they came together a little bit better in the end right i think they had something very magical there and i don't know at what point it may have gotten I don't know, turned on its head a little bit. And the trailer is definitely not at all like the movie. But um, there's some good stuff to take out of it somewhere in there, I do think. Um, but yeah, if you're and into... what is it? It's a rom-com? 
No, it, it's it's more like a philosophy history movie or philosophy maybe or I don't really know. It's about stories. It's basically about storytelling, and it's Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba, and he's a jinn, and it's just sort of oh right, he has that, three wishes to make. Yeah, but it, it's, it's better really than the live like, action Aladdin. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lil, what else? Take us home. No, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's, Wait, that's what okay, I got. Fine. That's a lot. What about, the new, what about the new Instagram account? You oh, sorry. Started? Yes, we have a well, huge announcement. Here to say, where, say where you could follow us, and then I thought we would announce it. Oh, okay. okay. All right, well, let's huge start with uh, We'll just wait. Nuhash, where can people follow you? Well, uh, you can follow me at Nuhash H. That's N-U-H-A-S-H-H. That's the same name on Instagram, on Twitter, everywhere. Just no wash age. Look for it, and you'll find me there. Awesome. Hey, Jazz, how about you? Um, yeah, that would be Instagram. Uh, but I can be found at E-J-A-Z space M-E-H-E-D-I and uh, Facebook with the same name. Cool. All right, Becky and Lily, where can people follow both of you? Now that you can now follow both of us on Instagram, which is brand spanking new. If you've been a listener of the show, you can follow us on Instagram at FNM Sisters. So that's the Friday Night Movie Sisters um, on Instagram. And if you, you can see our account is kicked off with a very adorable reel of Lily and Becky, you know, through the times. Um, and yeah. Follow us, you know. All right. Finally, finally, well, you can. I, I don't have to. We've all been waiting for. Account. No, there's it's no the more. Fun. You know, I just want to say, coincidentally, I, I, I'm no longer going to be saying, "Oh, follow me on Twitter," but, but it's actually truly a coincidence, not because of. I mean, I You're can say it. I political can, statement. You didn't. I'm not. I'm genuinely hard. not making a political statement. I've just been meaning to do this for a very long time. So there we go. Oh. Okay, and then for all of Friday Night Movie, follow at Fry Night Movie uh, on the socials, FridayNightMoviePod.com for the website, me at Pancake and the number four table, uh, Pancake for Table on all the socials. And um, a huge thank you to our guests, Nuhash Humayan and Jazz Mehdi. I, I, I want to, I'm just saying it again, I'm, I, I'm predicting, I, I, you don't have to say anything, but I'm predicting Oscar. I have been predicting Oscar since the, since I saw the film. Pressure, dude. Well, no, I, I'm just look <laughs> like the Oscar voters don't like they get it right every year, so they could get it wrong. But Moshari right, is just an incredible film, and uh, I I can't wait to see it continue to have amazing success. I'm single handedly advertising it in Spain. I am literally telling, and we Spaniards the- love horror. I have, I don't, I've never seen anything like it. The genre means, I mean, there's the Sieges of, you know, uh, Horror Film Festival, and they just, my my family loves horror so much here, like in-laws, mom-in-law, and it means a lot to the culture. I'm not sure exactly why, but they, it's a huge horror film festival, uh, horror film culture and so i think that i'm making sure as many people see it as possible and so with, with all of that we wish you all tremendous success and uh so yeah excited. thanks everybody for listening the theme music is by what does it eat and have a great uh, week bye, bye. You, you don't have to actually hang up now it does, it does, thank you. that was fun.